0: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Cinnamon rolls and chili on
0: a crisp November day. In the heart of football season, Thanksgiving's on its way. Mashed potatoes, turkeys, green beans not from cans. The Bosco boys are thankful for our die-hard bonehead fans. boys It's turkey time boys
2: Boom the boys are back with another Thursday whip around show. We have a great group of folks contributing and I will jump in here at the end of the show to talk a little bit of K-State men's and women's basketball as well as volleyball. We have Mason Voth giving the K-State primer. We have Jeremy Phoenix from the Raspy Voice Kids giving the West Virginia Primer. We have the man, the myth, the legend, the father of the 10-12 network, Philip Slavin, giving the Big 12 Game of the Week Primer for the Bedlam Showdown, possibly the last one ever in Norman, Oklahoma, for the Big 12 Game of the Week. So it is going to be a good one. Uh... Before we get into the K-State primer, n- not a lot of news has dropped since the recording of the game preview podcast. K-State did come out as number 15 in the college football playoff rankings, making K-State the highest ranked highest ranked three-loss team in all of college football. What does that mean? Honestly, not much, but it's fun to be ranked, right? Uh, K-State 15th in the college football playoff poll, 19 in the AP poll, and 17th in the coaches poll. It is interesting to see just kind of how the different uh, polling entities uh, think of K-State. K-State is still the highest ranked three loss team in the coaches poll, AP poll has Notre Dame in front of K State, um, but it is interesting and, and it's fun to be able to say, "Hey, yeah, you're a fifteen top fifteen team." Um, if you want to, you know, put on your optimistic glasses. I mean, there's a chance K State, if they win out, they will go into bowl season. If we win out and win the Big Twelve championship. Um, I think we will be going into bowl season as a top 10 team. Um, and that's that's pretty fucking cool. That is pretty fucking cool. So hopefully we take care of business and we can see how high we can climb up in the rankings. Um, if you are a Big 12 fan, TCU holding strong right there. At number 4 in the college football playoff rankings. They have all sorts of stuff to play for. So do we. Um, and you know what? It's going to be a fun final couple weeks. Um, future members of the Big 12, Cincinnati and Central Florida, both ranked. Our old friends Tulane uh, sitting at 21 as well. So that was all the big news from the college football playoff rankings that dropped last week night no other major news in the world of k-state football so i think it is time to get our first primer of the show but before we do remember we are sponsored by manhattan brewing company as i'm recording this i'm sipping on a delicious tasty ipa from manhattan brewing company if you like ipas they got you covered if you like some sour stuff they got you covered stouts they got you covered malty stuff they got you covered doesn't matter what your beer tastes are they have you covered at manhattan brewing company so the next time you're in manhattan get a couple pints Take a couple four packs to go, get a Crowler to go, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. It's the best tasting and most refreshing beer in the entire state of Kansas. All right, let's get to Mason Voth, the main man over on Ema Online.
3: I am back, ladies and gentlemen. It's Mason Voth from EMA Online with Rivals, uh, the home for K-State content that you want, you need, you deserve, whatever uh, adjective you want to use to describe what we can do for you. Uh, you can find everything for myself, Alec Bussey, and uh, Gabe Swartz when he's not busy with his TV obligations in Kansas City covering the Wildcats for you. Uh, I will be in Morgantown this weekend. First trip ever to Morgantown for me. So I'm looking forward to it to see what it's like. Uh, I think this is the third time I'm doing a primer this year. Um, I don't know if it's a a good thing that I get to do the final road game of the season for the Cats or if it's a slap in the face that I'm the guy that gets chosen before uh, whichever rightful person gets it for the Kansas game next week. Somebody that is going to get you fired up probably deserves that role. I get it. So um, I'm going to take this as an honor. I love coming on uh, and doing whatever uh, the Bosco's boys need me to do. So I'm ready to uh, get ready for the Mountaineers with everybody. This is going to be a very strange game. This is the latest K-State has been ranked in a season uh, since 2019, Chris Kleiman's first year. Coincidentally, I am recording this for you on November 16th. That was the day of the game that K-State was number 24 in the country and lost at home to West Virginia, a team that didn't seem like they were going anywhere that season. They were struggling and a backup quarterback wearing number six got his first start in Manhattan, Jarrett Dagey came in, beat the Wildcats. It was a disappointing day. Um, shout out to my man, John Kurtz, who was just like gut-punched when uh, K-State couldn't get the job done on their final drive of the game up there. Um, he, was, he was recording for his play-by-play demo tape, and after I think it was a Skyler interception that ended it, uh, he just stopped. He didn't want to do the final couple of plays of the game. He was just defeated. I think that's how everybody felt. After that game, and hopefully, that's not the feeling that everybody gets coming out of the game this weekend. There really isn't any reason to feel that way about this upcoming game because for the Cats, the way that they played last week was perfect. West Virginia is a bad team now, so it would really just be prior experiences uh, involving K State that would make you think, ah, they probably don't get this done. But the way they played against Baylor, everything was clicking. I mean, you lose Adrian Martinez again, but Will Howard comes out there. He does what he's done every single game this season when he's been asked to come into the game, and that's just dominate and make sure that nothing skips a beat and at times gets that beat to pump a little bit harder. And I think that's going to be one of the fascinating things to see now that there's been this full week where Will knows that he's the starting quarterback. It's the first time all year that he's going to play in a game and he knows he is the guy. Um, I think it's going to be kind of cool to see what they have cooked up and if they try anything different on offense. The defense played well as well. Um, Chris Kleiman kind of talked about this on Tuesday, and, and I noticed this in the game, and I said afterwards, like I think that was one of the better games or the last four or five that the Wildcat defense had been about getting pressure on the quarterback. Now, it didn't show up in the stat book, and, and that's one of those things where um, Alec was kind of pushing back on me on that, but then he asked Chris Kleiman about it on Tuesday and was like you know you only had one tackle for a loss um, all this stuff um, but Kleiman said that he thought you know just the way Baylor's offense operates it doesn't lend itself to a ton of sacks allowed but what they did have was 21 plays that went for zero yards or less uh, against the Wildcats so the defense was in really good standing there the only concern is that Kobe Savage is now lost for the season and what's so detrimental about that from the defensive perspective in my book is the fact that Kobe Savage is great at being the energy guy on that defense. He's also one heck of a player, but he keeps the energy high. He keeps guys active. And a lot of the players said on Tuesday that one of the things that they're going to have to be better about with him gone is their communication skills this upcoming week. And I think you can tell that when this defense loses one of those key cogs, the 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 communication does break down sometimes. The best example of it, and I wrote about this uh Earlier, earlier this week on EMA Online, is that if you watch the Texas game, when Julius Brents goes out, there are a handful of plays in that first half where as the ball is getting snapped, a guy like Echo Boido or Josh Hayes is still directing traffic for one of the guys that had to come in and fill the place of Julius Brent, some of those guys that are less experienced. So it's going to be really interesting to try and watch if it's you know TJ Smith that has to go back there or one of the younger guys um, if they're able to communicate at the same level and be in position by the time that that ball gets snapped for West Virginia. So that's one of those things to keep an eye on for the defense. Other than that, though, the this looks like a really good matchup for K-State defensively. Like West Virginia's a little bit on their heels right now. They're going to probably play two quarterbacks in the game with JT Daniels or Garrett Green. JT Daniels at one point was... One of the most talented quarterbacks in the country, but he hasn't really played a ton. There were injuries, transferring, all that that played into it. Now he's been at West Virginia. It's not been great the last two weeks. West Virginia scored 37 points over their last two games against Oklahoma and Iowa State. JT Daniels has only accounted for seven of those. And then Garrett Green has come in and accounted for the other 30. Green uses his legs quite a bit more than what Daniels does. Daniels doesn't really use them at all whereas Green is going to come in there. may struggle a little bit more as a passer, but he can run. He ran for over 100 yards against Oklahoma. We know it's a bad defense, but we know if guys can move, they will move against Oklahoma. So that's going to be something to watch for, and I think it's really going to come down to this. like If K-State sets the tone early, gets out to a decent lead, then West Virginia probably doesn't have the option to go with Garrett Green. Or if they do, then they've pretty much just punted on the idea of JT Daniels this season because they are going to probably need a dude if they are trailing to be in there and be able to make plays. One of the other guys to watch out for for West Virginia is ultimately going to be Bryce Ford Wheaton. Um, He's had great games the three times that he's played against K-State. 2019 that game, he only had one catch, but it was a 50-yard touchdown. Then he went for over 100 yards in the game in 2020 in Morgantown, and then he had like three grabs for close to 60 yards last year in Manhattan, even though West Virginia came away with the loss. So that's really one of the main dudes to watch out for because they lost C.J. Donaldson, their talented freshman running back. He's out for the season. He has not played in a couple of games. K-State won't have to see him, so it's going to be Tony Mathis that probably gets the majority of the carries there. So the Wildcats are catching a battered and confused West Virginia team so I think that's a very important thing to see now on the other side of everything I think looking at K-State we talked about the defense and just making sure you replace guys uh for for Kobe Savage that will be able to communicate and find their way I think that's important but offensively for K-State I think everybody has confidence in Will Howard now the receivers have been awesome the last go back to the Iowa State game they've been really good Um, And I think if they continue to play at that level, obviously that's more than enough to get the job done. I just think it's one of those deals where less people are worried about the ball dropping and Will Howard reverting back to what we saw the last two years. But there is always going to be that element of every time there's, you know, kind of a pass or something happens, you go, Oh boy, similar to Adrian Martinez, when he hadn't turned the ball over yet, you thought, okay, that's been worked out of him, but you're still a little bit concerned that it might pop up at some point. So Hopefully that that's really the only thing to keep an eye on for K State because everything else seems to be working very, very well for them from an offensive standpoint right now. The running game is rejuvenated. They're using Deuce Vaughn in the passing game more over the last couple of weeks. That's added another element to this offense. I think we're just seeing Colin Klein and Will Howard, two guys. That are now in this role that is solidified for them and they're just confident and they're making plays and doing what they do best the one final thing to keep an eye on though offensively is how much pressure West Virginia can get up front Dante Stills is a very very talented defensive lineman we know how good he has been over the last couple of years Um, K-State has struggled this year with the interior offensive line Hayden Gillum and Hadley Panzer have struggled at times protecting for the pass, and that's something that you need to watch out for. Uh, According to PFF, Panzer and Gillum are outside of the top 400 in offensive linemen when it comes to pass protection this season. So that's really the only thing that West Virginia concerns me with on their defense is just how talented Stills is up the middle on that defense and going up against guys like Gillum and Panzer, who at times have struggled to protect for the pass. The good news is K-State's got a great running attack, and all five guys that are on the offensive line are fantastic when it comes to blocking for the run. So if K-State can just establish the run, get a big deuce game out of it, you're not even really going to have to worry about throwing the ball all that much. So I I like the Wildcats in this one. Um, I've tried to erase any of the negativity out of my uh, mind for this upcoming weekend. So I'm going to roll and decide to say uh, K-State wins the game. Hmm... Let's go with uh, let's go thirty eight to twenty four. That seems like a, a decent score. I think West Virginia can score a little bit. We'll see. Um, I don't think we see the Wildcats just completely blank another opponent. But I do think Will Howard is looking for redemption against these teams that he faltered against. Uh, if you go back to the twenty twenty season, I mean, he kicked Oklahoma State's ass. And that was a heartbreaking game for him. Then he kicks Baylor's ass. That was also a heartbreaking game for him. Two games where he had turnovers late. And K-State this year beat him 79-3 to combined, O-State and Baylor. So I think Will Howard is looking to avenge that poor performance in the game at West Virginia in 2020 that kind of started that losing streak for him. So I think that the, the Wildcats get on track again. They get a big victory, uh, and they're one game away from clinching their spot. In Arlington. So that'll do it for me. I'll give it back to Scott and everything else that he's got planned for you guys. Uh, if you want to follow me, it's at The Real Mason V on Twitter. You can also check us out over on EMA Online at Rivals. And uh, be sure to check out the YouTube page because each week we have an exclusive sit down for 15 to 20 minutes with Deuce Vaughn. Uh, it's called Wildcat Weekly. Get Deuce's thoughts on football, K State, life as a student, and uh, whatever else comes up to have some fun with a Wildcat running back.
2: And thank you to Mason. He, he really does do uh, some of the best primers in the business. Hell, we got at least one. Well, actually, at least two. You got the bowl game, but hey, maybe three more games. So maybe we haven't heard the last of Mason giving some primers. Uh, super excited for this next one. You heard his brother give the inaugural Big 12 Game of the Week Primer. So now we're getting the second half of the raspy voice kids to give us our West Virginia, excuse me, primer. But before we do, remember, we're sponsored by charliehustle.com. Do you want some super comfortable gear? Do you want the best looking gear? Do you want some officially licensed K-State gear? And do you want it all from a local Kansas City small owned company? Well, check out charliehustle.com today. They have the K-State collection, including that awesome lavender jacket that you're starting to see all over social media right there. So check them out today, either on charliehustle.com or at their store on the Country Club Plaza or select retailers in Manhattan. Not only do they have the great officially licensed k-state gear they have the arrowhead collection they have the crown town collection sporting club collection and all sorts of great kansas city icons and kansas city heart swag as well christmas season the gift giving season hanukkah all the great holidays right around the corner so if you need a gift for your loved ones check out charliehustle.com today all right now it's time to go to jeremy phoenix of the raspy voice kids podcast the west virginia podcast on the 1012 network to see what the blue and gold think of this saturday's upcoming matchup
0: What happens? We also hate Pitt. Hey, West Virginia! Hail hey, West Virginia! West Virginia! Hail
1: hey, West Virginia! Almost seven. Hail hey,
0: West Virginia! Oh, uh, oh, uh, oh! Uh, uh. I'll be like, oh! My team is so mad. Well, I'm in in the stand-up stand-up raspy. Always that's right. It's Jeremy Nicholas Phoenix. They call me JN Fiend. I'm from the Raspy Voice Kids. Look, Bosco's boys, baby. I'm here. Part of the 10 12 network. I love to be here with you, man. And I love to talk college football and I love to talk to the Big 12. Mm-hmm, I guess, since that's where we're at. But uh I just want to give you a little preview of what you guys should expect when you are here in Morgantown, Morgantown, West Virginia. Do you know why the sky is blue and the sun is gold? Because God's a Mountaineer fan. Matter of fact, they call us almost heaven, West Virginia. We'd probably be heaven, but we're connected to Ohio. (laughs) There you go. Real talk, though. Kansas State Wildcats coming into Morgantown. You haven't fared so well. I know last year you got the dub. You're probably feeling good. But five times in a row before that, we carried the jug. We 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 did our thing. We won. You finally got over the hump last year. You're ranked. You probably feel a good Deuce Vaughn. Them Wildcats, the Purple People Eaters, silver and purple. Hopefully, all that'll stop. I, I would say it would, but yeah, I'm not feeling real confident when your team's four and six. Man, you just you cross your fingers. Last week against Oklahoma, we got it done. A gritty win. Jt Daniels goes out. Garrett Green, the sophomore from Florida, comes in from Tallahassee, baby, Florida State country, comes in, he leads us to a win, he plays well, he shows guts, if I was Kansas State, I'd be worried about his running capability, because when you have a running quarterback, everybody knows it changes everything, you can have the best defense, you can lock down receivers, but if a quarterback can run, that means that when a play isn't there, he can make a play with his legs, will he start, I'm not sure, Neil Brown, Dead man walking. Uh, Neil Brown (laughs) said that JT Daniels, uh, Garrett Green, I believe he said Nico Marchio, any three could be the starter this year, this week on the depth chart. I honestly hate when they do that, but I get it. You don't want to give uh, the opposing team uh, a a cue uh, as to what to prepare for. JT Daniels can really, really sling the ball. The only problem is they haven't reported this, but I'm pretty sure he's hurt, man. He's not playing at 100%. The first few games, man, he lit the world on fire. He was throwing rockets. He was throwing back shoulder fades. I mean, it was a beautiful thing to watch. These last few games, he's looked terrible. I mean, terrible. And uh, he was a five-star coming out. That's not him. Something is ailing him. Something is going on. But so far, it seems like he's going to start. If he starts, Garrett Green will get some play because of his heroics in the last game against Oklahoma, we hadn't beat Oklahoma in nine years. Him coming through and playing the way he played, man, there was nothing more beautiful than him singing Country Roads in our student section. It was a beautiful thing. But for Kansas State, you're going to have to prepare for two quarterbacks. Now, our receivers, man, there's sometimes, we have big, strong receivers, some uh, kids who can move, but a lot of times against the press coverage that I believe you guys like to play, it's tough for our guys to get off that press. Offensive line, same thing. Early on, we were creating holes and making holes. Uh, We were blocking really well. Uh, James Gamader goes out, a couple other guys goes down. You you, uh, mix up the offensive line rotation. We haven't been getting as good of push as uh, we had early in the year. Same thing with our starting running back, C.J. Donaldson. The, The dude is out. Mathis and Justin Johnson are going to have to pick up the load. Now, they're quick and they're little scat backs. Nothing that I would say like is a five-star, nothing that you know I don't believe they're going to the league. But they're quick and they're feisty. It depends on what your rushing defense really looks like. The truth is, I don't know what to expect from West Virginia. I mean, Shane Lyons, our athletic director, just got fired. By all means, uh, by, by what everybody believes, the feeling, and if it's not everybody's feeling, it's my feeling, Neil Brown will not be here at the end of the year. Um, I think he'll finish this year. But after it's over, I think he's gone. How does the players respond? The truth is there's two ways for players to really respond. Either they play with a chip on their shoulder for their coach or they pack it in. Bro, we were three and six. Glass half empty. And they came out here and they played for their coach against Oklahoma. I know it was raining. I know it was a you know a muckety muck game, but we got through it and we played well and we played hard. The truth is, I have not seen our team quit playing this year. So, I gotta believe our team's gonna come out and and you know the the worst type of animal is a cornered animal. I've said this a few times, and West Virginia is definitely cornered. We have to win our last two games. We had to win our last three games, but now it's down to two because we won last week. Um, so to 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 do that, we're going to have to beat Kansas State for the fifth out of, oh, excuse me, for the sixth out of seventh time, not counting last year. Will it happen? Oh, better believe I want it to. But I don't know if it will. Our defense A name you need to look for is Dante Stills, and honestly, if you look at it, I don't think there's been a more held player in the country than defensive line Dante Stills. I feel like he's an NFL player. His daddy was. His brother, uh, Darius, played really, really well. You probably remember him. But Dante, every single time, gets held. But when he's not getting held, he's breaking the all-time tackle for loss record for West Virginia. Um, he's probably going to end up number two all-time sack leaders, maybe number three for West Virginia University. He's a big-time player. Number 55, Dante Stills, he is going to make plays. The defensive line is going to make plays. I'm not saying that Deuce Vaughn is not going to get his because I fully expect him to get what he wants, but... I don't know, man. The truth is, you really don't know. Is how are these guys going to come out? Are they going to come out with a chip on their shoulder? Are they going to be focused because of what just happened to their AD and what's probably most likely definitely going to happen to their coach at the end of the year? Are they going to pack it in? I think this this team is too senior laden with JT Daniels. I know he can come back next year, but uh, with Dante Stills, with guys like that that I think we're going to fight, it's going to be a fight. Will we win? I don't believe so. But I do believe it's going to be fight. And if somehow we do pull off the upset, I will not be surprised. But you know what? That is my uh that's my forecast. That's what I see. I love my Mountaineers. Hail West Virginia, K State, do your thing, baby. Uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, 1012 Network all day. Get at us, get at your boys, raspy voice kids. You can find us on all platforms. And I always just say, man, you can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Podbeam. You can find us on Spotify. But the best thing to do is just go to Google. Put Raspy Voice Kids. You'll get the realest. And uh, I appreciate y'all for having me on. All right. One love. And thank you
2: to Jeremy again. Anytime you get either of the raspy voice kids on the mic, it is electric. When you get both of them, it is absolute gold. Make sure you check out the raspy voice kids every single week. They are truly one of my favorite podcasts to listen to. I'm so happy to be part of the 1012 Network and to have the 1012 Network part of Sports Drink. All sorts of fun stuff going on inside the network. Sports Drink just got their new headquarters right down there in NOLA in the big easy. We might need to do something down there if K State's in the Sugar Bowl. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to try to figure something out here soon. All right. Before we get moving, remember, I talked about them already. Check out Manhattan Brewing Company the next time you're, you're in Manhattan. And. Anytime you go to a liquor store, if they do not have Manhattan Brewing Company in their craft beer section, tell them you need it. And also check out charliehustle.com for the best, the freshest, the most comfortable officially licensed K-State gear in the world. All right, let's now kick it to Philip Slavin, the head man over at the 1012 Network, Oklahoma State fan, to hear how he thinks Bedlam is going to go. ...on Saturday.
1: When you look up the word bedlam, you get the definition... ...a scene of uproar and confusion. It seems like an apt description... Of the football series that we see every year between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So, too, to some extent, is the now archaic definition of Bedlam, an institution for the care of mentally ill people. You've seen the way that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State fans react to each other on social media or during games or the week leading into or after Bedlam in any sport, football, basketball, softball, whatever it may be. That, too, may be an apt description. This is one of the longest-running, consistent series in college football. It began in 1904. It has been played 116 times. And this year is one of three, potentially, final years we will see Bedlam for a very long time. Obviously, Oklahoma will be leaving for the SEC at this point still, December 2025. That means we have just three more occurrences of Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State in college football unless the two find some way to amicably schedule a non-conference series in the future. There are ways they will. It's just going to be a while. Sure, they'll probably still play in basketball, wrestling, softball, baseball, now even ice hockey, but none of it is the same as football. It is the sport that, let's be honest, brings the bacon, makes the money, and it gets everyone the most raucous and excited no matter how lopsided the series might be and it is lopsided oklahoma leads the series 90 to 19 and 7 it's not a close series but it doesn't matter the games typically are close with sooner magic more often than not winning out in the end though to quote Dave Huntsecker last year when Oklahoma State knocked off Oklahoma in Stillwater. Where's that Sooner magic now, baby? It certainly seems to be missing from Norman this year. The Sooner's sitting at 5-5, five and five, two games to go, still needing one more victory to get to bowl eligibility. In comes an Oklahoma State team back in the college football rankings this week after getting a win, stealing a win, one might say, over Iowa State in Stillwater. A few weeks back, this looked like Oklahoma State's best opportunity, greatest opportunity, easiest opportunity to get back-to-back Bedlam wins for the first time since 2001 and 2002. But now Oklahoma State has seen a slide of their own, an offense that can't run the ball, a quarterback in Spencer Sanders that can't stay healthy, a defense that can't stop giving up big plays. So you enter into a game between two teams who are more evenly matched than we thought they would be just a few weeks ago. How apt for a game that is called Bedlam. It's a huge one in Norman. Again, we know this game will be played. We're pretty sure it'll be played next year. We're pretty sure it'll be played one more time, and then who knows. And for as much as Oklahoma fans want to say it's not a rivalry because of the record, that's fine. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State play this game all the time, every year. And though the outcome is typically Oklahoma by a little, Oklahoma by a lot. It doesn't matter. It's a series that matters in the state of Oklahoma. And since we have just a finite amount of these left, it's worth watching on Saturday. It is the first Bedlam since probably 2009 to have so little stakes. No Big 12 titles on the line, no Big 12 title game birth. Oklahoma is unranked. Oklahoma State is ranked 22nd. There's typically something on the line here, and this year it's just bragging rights, but with just three of these games left to go before this series takes a long break, bragging rights is enough. It's enough to matter. It's enough so that ABC, ESPN, felt the need to put this game on at prime time on ABC. The time, the network, the game that everyone treats with the most royalty. It's a big one whether it has stakes beyond bragging rights or not. You all know how rivalries go, in-state rivalries especially. The ability to meet your co-worker at the water cooler, as they used to say. On Monday, one of you give the other a little look, a knowing look, that maybe today we will just save the, the back and forth. We'll, we'll give you a little bit of a break. Or not. Maybe we'll just rain down upon you with great fury and Or Furious Vengeance. I forget the line. It's been a minute. I will pop Pulp Fiction in. Maybe after the game. I don't know who wins this one. Honestly, Dylan Gabriel, Spencer Sanders, two quality quarterbacks in the Big 12, two defenses that can't tackle. Oklahoma with a run game, but the inability to stop one. Oklahoma State with no run game, but a better opportunity at stopping one. We'll certainly see on Saturday night. I think it's worth watching. For no other reason, then soon we won't have the ability to do so.
2: And thank you to Philip Slavin, the father of the 1012 network and Oklahoma State graduates. I know all of Big 12 country will be polling for Oklahoma State in bedlam this year. It will be interesting to see how. Uh, you know, this year's game compared to last year. Last year was maybe one of the best bedlam games of all time. Now, not nearly as many stakes on the grill for this one. Uh, but every game that these two play from here on out, you know, even starting last year, could be the last. This might be the last one in Norman. So you know Mike Gundy. You know the Oklahoma State Cowboys really want to get this done. And this may be the only, you know, small Way to salvage the season for Brent Venables, so that'll be a fun one to watch. All right, before we call it a day, um, absolute big time run of games. So basically, from the moment you guys are listening to this, K-State men's basketball plays the UMKC Ruse, the Kansas City Kangaroos whatever they're calling themselves, whatever they're branding themselves as, at 5.30. So if you can get out to Bramlage Coliseum, I think it would be worth it. It's a doubleheader with the women. We'll talk about the women here in a minute. Now, it's the first of four games in seven days. That's right. Four games in seven days. Now, sadly... (laughs) Sadly, the three games next week on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday are all on flow hoops. <laughs> oh boy, I'm, I still don't know if I'm going to pay for flow hoops or not. I'm on the fence We'll figure it out later. I'm not too worried about it right now in this moment. But these next four days are really going to test something about this team. Because as we saw versus Cal, I think they only feel comfortable with a nine-man rotation. And they only have nine scholarship players who are currently playing. The plan right now is for Thomas, Colbert, and Manning all to redshirt. So you are going to try to play four games in seven days, including a flight from Manhattan, Kansas, from the heartland down to the Cayman Islands, and everything that goes along with one of those trips. Now, I'm sure they're going to have some fun, but they're going to have basketball games to play down there, opening up with Rhode Island Uh, and, And let me pull up the bracket. And then either playing, hopefully winning, versus Rhode Island. Then you have Nevada or Tulane in that next game. And then the final game will either be versus LSU, Akron, Western Kentucky, or Illinois State. Now, winning, just saying you won one of these tournaments, I don't really think is that big of a deal. I know coaches like to take home a trophy. They like the idea of, oh yeah, you win something in bracket play. That's fine. I'm not taking away from it. But really, with this team's goal of making it to the NCAA tournament, the big thing here is just not losing. I don't know how many of these games will be considered Uh, you know, Tier 2 type wins uh, when it's time for March Madness, but you definitely don't want a Tier 3 loss if you lose to any of these teams. Um, That would be a bad loss, so I really hope we can get the job done, Um, but I think it's going to be tricky. I think one of the low-key things that uh, are kind of going under the radar after the first two games because we are all super excited, super high on the beginning of the drone tank era. Is we only have nine scholarship players that we're planning on playing. Regardless of how Thursday goes, you're still going to have to fly out to the Grand Caymans. No matter how that first game goes on the Monday, You're going to have to play again. You're going to have to turn around with the least amount of time, rest time in the tournament, and play a second game. And then you're going to have to turn around and play a third game, all while using only nine players plus walk ons. By the end of that week, you're going to have guys with tired legs. We know Keontae Johnson is dealing, you know, coming back from an injury, and he's still really getting his basketball shape, his conditioning back underneath him. What if a guy gets a little banged up in that first game? I mean, the depth is really going to be tested. It's really going to be tested. When Jerome Tang is dealing with a nine, and then I guess if you throw in Finister, Finister's going to have to play minutes in these four games in seven days because you're going to need that 10th body. So I guess it's 10 scholarship players. I kept saying... Uh, nine. So you, you do have to. But you're going to have to have Finister step up. You're going to, during this run of games, you are going to need, absolutely need, some of those bench guys to really step up for you. There's going to have to be a game where Cam Carter is the guy. There's going to have to be a game where Desi Sills goes off. Keontae Johnson is probably going to have to have a pretty big game, two out of the three of those. Marquise Noel is going to have to run the ship all three of those games. So it is going to be a nice little test of resolve and fortitude for this team trying to play four games in four days using their 10 scholarship players. They're going to need all of them. So I'm going to say this, I really hope they get up big on Kansas City early so you can maybe rest some guys in the final you know, eight to ten minutes. But here's the thing, Kansas City, the Ruse, they just got a brand new head coach, they're trying to make a little bit of a name for themselves, and just last year they beat Missouri. Now, this K-State team would kick the shit out of last year's Missouri team. But here's the thing about college basketball, and here's the thing about UMKC. They're more than capable of beating K-State if K-State has a bad day. And you do not want to start off this four games in seven days run with a loss to Kansas City. I don't think they will. I think they're gonna take care of business. I'm looking forward to it. I wish I could get out there, but there's just a handful of meetings I just can't get out of, uh, so it is what it is. Now, when you go to the women's basketball team, they're actually the headliner for that uh, doubleheader. They're receiving votes, and they are going head-to-head with the number four team in the nation, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Now, I have no... uh, You know, I I I don't think we're going to win this game. I do not think we're going to beat Iowa. I hope we can give them a game, but this is going to be a great measuring stick. If we can go punch for punch, if we can go round for round with this Iowa team, and again, you're without Aoka Lee. She's not back until next year. Then I think you can throw away this idea of we're hoping to make it to the NCAA tournament. You can expect it. I think you're going to need a massive game from... Gabby Gregory and Serena Sundell. If those two are rocking and rolling, if they're hitting some outside shots, if they're able to facilitate and get the Glenn Twins involved as well, as well as some of those bench players, you might have a shot. You're also going to need to rebound like crazy and really close out as Iowa is also shooting threes. You're going to see a lot of three-pointers shot in Bramlage Coliseum at 8.30. I believe it's 8 or 8.30, uh, 8 o'clock tip-off versus Iowa it's going to be a massive one I, I'm looking forward to it I'll be I, like I said I won't be able to get out there but I will be watching at home um, I, I will be tuned into that game after the men's game wraps up after that one they do go on a stretch where hopefully they'll be able to uh, rack up wins even if they do fall on the wrong side of the result versus Iowa they're hosting the University of Texas Rio Grande uh, uh, Valley on Friday, so again, it's their own little kind of mini tournament going on before they head down to Paradise Jam. But they're going to h- host uh, University of Texas Rio Grande Valley on Friday at 6:30, so they're going to have a less they're going to have a 18-hour turnaround, kind of putting themselves to the test a little bit, and then they also have Utah Tech on uh, Sunday in Bramlage Coliseum. Then they're going down to the Virgin Islands playing Clemson, and all these games, all games are on ESPN+. Plus. They have Clemson on Thanksgiving, they have Northern Arizona on Black Friday, and then that Saturday, they're playing Arkansas. So they really do have, in this next six-game stretch, they have six games right there in what, the course of nine days? Six Six games in nine days. So, they're really testing themselves as well. I really hope they can come out of there, you know, four and two, three and three at worst. Clemson, Arkansas are both going to be tests. And again, they're definitely the underdogs versus Iowa. We'll see how they can come out on the other side, hopefully with a lot of momentum uh, going into uh, the month of December. We'll wrap up talking K State volleyball. I mentioned it earlier this week. Um, I'm recording this before their matchup with Oklahoma, this should be a game that we win. This should be a game that we win. If we do not, if the volleyball team does not beat Oklahoma, then this is all for moot. But if they do win, and then they have uh, very winnable games, versus TCU took them to five, and Texas Tech at home, wrapping up the home slate, you win those two games. And Texas Tech, they swept us in Lubbock. But if you can pull off these next three, they're going to be right there on the razor's edge once again to get to postseason play. Can Susie Fritz and this team pull out another rabbit from their hat just like they did last year? I'm rooting for it. I'm rooting for it. It's going to be a massive, massive game. Elena Baca has surpassed everything we could have hoped for this season. And she really has... I think Ben may be the player of the year. I hope we see them thread the needle once again. We'll have a lot more to talk about uh, next week with the Volleyball Squad. Although, with next week being Thanksgiving, I'm not sure what the schedule's going to be. I don't know what the whip around's going to look like. So stay tuned. We will 100% be following uh, Selection Sunday here in a couple weeks for the volleyball team. Uh, So just stay tuned on all of that. That's all we have, though. Folks, it's Thursday. Two big basketball games. Massive game on Saturday. Lots of men's and women's basketball coming up here in the next 12 days. I absolutely love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. That is all we have, though. For the best dog in the world, Chauncey. I'm Scott Wildcat. We love you guys and go cats.
1: Oh, don't you know
3: we're on a podcast. We're Bosco's boys.
2: Because I love your phone heads.
0: We're on a podcast. We're Bosco's boys.
2: I love you
3: baby.
0: Meet me at the cat.
1: Hex. Sports Social
0: Podcast Network.